Welcome to Brain Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com, where smart happens. Hi, I'm Marshall Brain, and welcome to this week's Friday News Roundup. One of the biggest things in technology this week is the release of Intel's new Thunderbolt port into the wild. Think of it as a USB port on steroids. The new MacBooks from Apple have this port, and it can transfer data at 10 gigabits per second bidirectionally, making it about twice as fast as USB 3.0. To put it into perspective, Thunderbolt can transfer a 1 gigabyte file in about 1 second, if the device holding the file can keep up with that rate. If you Google interesting reading number 693, you can see a video demonstrating the speed of Thunderbolt. The video shows a file streaming in one direction and a video stream going in the other direction to drive a monitor. It is a pretty amazing speed for a little cable, and it ought to make it possible to transfer huge files in the future. Blip. Speaking of speed, the new McLaren MP4-12C for 2012 has gotten a lot of attention this week. This truly is a supercar. It's made out of aluminum and carbon. It has a twin-turbo V8 engine that generates nearly 600 horsepower, and it can go from 0 to 60 in 3.2 seconds. It has a top speed of about 205 miles per hour. But one of the most interesting things about it is the air brake. In hard braking from high speed, the spoiler on the back of the car tilts up vertically like a little wall to grab air and slow the car down faster. The only problem is the $229,000 price tag. But ignoring that, it's a beautiful car. If you Google BrainStuff MP4, you can see a couple of videos showing this car in action. Blip. Speaking of cars, there's a great article in Interesting Reading number 692 that talks about changing your oil. Do you need to change your oil every 3,000 miles, as many of the oil change places will suggest to you, or can you go longer? The 3,000-mile oil change turns out to be a myth. It's a myth because the motor oil made today is much better than it used to be. It contains detergents, stabilizers, and viscosity enhancers. If you look in your owner's manual, it probably tells you to wait 6,000 miles or more between oil changes. And the reason for that is because that is how long the oil really does last now. And many cars now have automated systems that either calculate oil changes based on things like engine temperature and RPM, or that actually measure oil life by doing little chemical analysis on the oil in the crankcase. If your car has a system like this, let it tell you when to change the oil. You do not need to change it every 3,000 miles. Blip. In tablet news, the Motorola Zoom made it out to reviewers this week and got a lot of buzz. People are generally happy with it, and they see it as a major iPad competitor, but they note a lot of little uncomfortable drawbacks. And the price, which is set at about $800 right now, is making nobody happy. You can find a review by Googling interesting reading number 692, which brings us to the second piece of tablet news, which is that the iPad 2 will be announced next week on March 2nd. Although the Zoom looks pretty good right now because it's being compared to the year-old iPad 1, it's likely that the iPad 2 will fix many of the differences in terms of things like cameras and screen resolution, and that'll really narrow the gap. 
One other thing on the tablet front to consider is battery life. This week, both ThinkPad and HP are claiming incredible battery life of up to 30 hours or more on a charge in some of their new notebook computers. Expect some of these battery-saving technologies to make it down to tablets as well in the near future, and their battery life could get to be extraordinarily long, both because of the battery technology, the energy-saving technology, and the fact that processors for tablet computers are starting to consume less and less power. Blip. This week, the world's tiniest computer was announced. It's a one cubic millimeter computer in size, yet it is a complete computer that includes the processor itself, memory, and a wireless transmitter. One amazing feature is the low power consumption, only 5.3 nanowatts. It marks the beginning of millimeter scale computing, and it should help to bring the field of smart dust much closer to reality. You can read more by Googling interesting reading number 692. Blip. There's this thing called space weather, and it sounds like something out of a sci-fi horror film. A giant solar flare erupts on the sun, hits Earth, and completely cripples a power grid and much of the communication infrastructure. But it could happen. In fact, it already has happened, but it was back in 1859 before there were power grids and cell phones. In 1859, the flare was so bright that people could read at night. The last flare of any real importance happened in 1989. It was minor compared to 1859, but it took out a power grid in Ontario. The reason scientists are talking about solar storms now is because the solar cycle lasts 11 years and we're due for a peak in the next year or two. The problem is that a strong storm now could affect so many different things, not just power grids, but also the GPS system and cell phones and much more prolific computer systems. Is there anything you can do? A large-scale power grid failure could create problems with things like access to drinking water, refrigeration, gasoline, and money. To be prepared, you would want to stock up like you would for a major hurricane. Blip. Can a shirt make you a better athlete? Maybe, at least if you play in the NFL. Imagine a shirt that contains sensors for things like acceleration, pulse, and breathing rate. The shirt can also transmit the data out to Bluetooth devices. NFL players have started to wear shirts like this from Under Armour, and it's thought that the extra data will help coaches improve player performance. Eventually, the shirts will make their way down to the retail market, and normal human beings will be able to wear them, I guess, to make us better, stronger, faster, and all that. Blip. Amazon started to compete with the Netflix streaming service this week. Amazon has been competing with Netflix, sort of, with its pay-per-view movies. You pay Amazon 2 or $3 to rent a movie for a 24-hour period of time. But now Amazon is streaming movies and TV shows just like Netflix, and the service is free to people who've already signed up for Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime is best known for giving you free two-day shipping on your purchases. The selection on Amazon right now is a little sparse compared to Netflix, but it's also cheaper than Netflix. Another company who appears to be getting into this same kind of space is DirecTV, which has been talking about its ability to stream 6,000 movies and TV shows at no extra charge to its customers. Blip. When you buy a PC, you pay for the computer itself. We all know that. 
But have you ever considered the cost of the computer's electricity? This can be especially relevant if you have a desktop machine and it contains a high-end graphics card. It turns out these graphics cards consume a lot of power, as do high-end CPUs. Tom's Hardware did an analysis of this, and your computer plus its graphics card could, in theory, be costing over $100 a year just for the electricity it takes to run it. So when you're purchasing a PC, you might want to keep the energy consumption in mind if you're on a budget. $100 per year is not an insignificant amount of cash. Blip. One thing that took the Internet by storm in February is a video that shows an Escher waterfall that really works. You've probably seen the drawings by M.C. Escher that show an impossible waterfall. The water runs downhill in a channel, but because it's an optical illusion, the water's really running uphill, and then it spills over a waterfall to drive a water wheel where the process repeats. It makes sense in a drawing, but the YouTube video shows one of these waterfalls working in real life. Obviously, it can't be true because it would be a perpetual motion machine, but it certainly looks real. You're left to wonder how they made the video. If you Google BrainStuff Waterfall, you can see the video and also an explanation of how the video might have been created. It's really an interesting trick if the explanation is correct. Blip. Another water-based video this week is a promotional video for something called the JetLev Flyer. This is a piece of technology that uses the power of water jets to let a person fly over a lake. The person wears a backpack that contains two water nozzles that look a lot like the ends of a fire hose. There's one on either side attached to this backpack. Water shoots out of these nozzles to create enough thrust to lift the person out of the water, up to about 20 feet high. Hand controls allow the person who's wearing the backpack to change the angles of the nozzles to control flight. Supplying all the high-pressure water that these nozzles need are two large hoses that connect down to this boat-like object in the water. The boat has an engine driving a pump, and it follows along behind the person in the air as the two hoses kind of drag it along. Is this practical? No. Is it inexpensive? Probably not. But would it be fun to try? Probably. You can watch the video by Googling interesting reading number 690 and decide for yourself if you'd give something like this a try. Blip. Also in interesting reading number 690 is the latest robotic hand that is, quote, nearly identical, end quote, to a human hand. It's called the DART hand, where DART stands for Dexterous Anthropomorphic Robotic Typing. Yes, the hand is precise enough to do typing at about 20 words per minute, and it's laid out much like your human hand is laid out, with muscles in the forearm and wires carrying the motion down to the fingers like tendons do in a real human hand. So in theory, one day Watson will be able to not only press the button, but also type out his answers if he wants to. Blip. An accidental discovery involving lab mice may have uncovered a cure for baldness. The accident involved a chemical designed to block a stress hormone called CRF. The mice, because of genetic modifications, produced too much of this hormone. As a result, the mice would become bald on their backs. By blocking CRF as part of another experiment on digestion problems, the scientists noticed that the blocking chemical fixed the baldness as well. 
Now it's time to test the same idea in humans and see if it works there as well. Blip. Google is sponsoring a $30 million prize for the first team that can land on the moon and drive for 500 meters with a little rover. This week, Google picked 29 teams that will be allowed to compete for the actual prize. One of the front runners is a team called Astrobotic Technology. They already have a contract for a ride that will get them to the moon on top of a SpaceX Falcon 9 rocket. Their craft will soft land on the moon and then deploy its solar-powered pyramid rover. In theory, this competition could be completed as early as 2015, and from there, it's anybody's guess how many different missions can be launched to the moon by private explorers. Blip. In 2010, we heard a lot about solar and wind power, and there was a good reason for it. According to one report, the amount of solar energy being captured on Earth doubled in 2010. The world added the ability to generate about 16 billion watts of solar electricity in a single year, roughly doubling the amount of electricity previously generated from the sun. This happened despite the economic downturn. People think it happened because the price of solar power is falling very quickly and because big players are getting into the solar power field now, especially in Europe. The price of solar panels are down to $1.80 per watt right now, half that of three years ago. The United States and China accounted only for about 7% of the total. It really is Europe that's driving the solar energy push right now. Blip. And finally, there's a piece of really, really good news on the medical front this week. Currently, there are a number of diseases that modern medical science can cure. Things like scurvy and rickets are virtually unheard of anymore. We've taken giant steps with things like ulcers, and vaccines have cut way down on many viral diseases. But there's only one disease that human beings have completely eradicated, and that's smallpox. No one on Earth gets smallpox anymore. We could be at the point of eradicating another disease next year. It's a parasite called the guinea worm. This worm can get to be up to a meter long inside a patient, and it's disgusting. Used to be that millions of people had this parasite, but now it's down to hundreds. So how has it been eradicated? In order to reproduce, this worm has to wiggle its way through the skin and release its eggs into water. By quarantining everyone with the disease and keeping them away from water, the number of worms has been decimated. With luck, the last cases will be contained as well, and this worm will be history. It'll be completely dead, and no one will get this disgusting parasite anymore. That would be a major triumph for people in Africa. Blip. And finally... There's a new car that shows that the arrival of robotic automobiles is getting closer and closer. There are already cars that can automatically steer themselves into a parallel parking place. And now the Volvo S60 sedan is gaining the ability to stop if it sees a pedestrian in front of it. It uses a radar system that can look out in front of the car as well as a camera, and it allows it to see, so to speak, pedestrians that are in the path of the vehicle. And if it detects a pedestrian that's out there, it will automatically brake the vehicle for you if you don't take steps to avoid the pedestrian. Obviously, this is great news if you are a pedestrian and a Volvo S60 is headed right towards you, but it also shows how much more automated cars are becoming. 
in the near future, we can expect to see things like pedestrian avoidance, lane following, automatic braking if a car is stopped in front of you, and so on, on more and more cars. All of the articles that we've discussed this week are available on the blogs at HowStuffWorks.com. The easiest way to find them is either to go to the blogs or you can just go to Google and type in the words interesting reading plus the number of the article. This week we've covered interesting reading numbers 690, 691, 692, and 693. Until next time, I'm Marshall Brain. Have a great weekend. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. And don't forget to check out the BrainStuff blog on the HowStuffWorks.com homepage. You can also follow BrainStuff on Facebook or Twitter at BrainStuffHSW. The HowStuffWorks iPhone app has arrived. Download it today on iTunes. <laughs>